Hi, it's Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. Welcome back to the Get Out of Debt podcast with your debt expert, Steve Rode. Steve is an expert in helping people get out of debt and assist people for free with advice and guidance through his site at getoutofdebt.org. If you have a debt issue you'd like to have him answer, just visit getoutofdebt.org and submit your question online. Hey, we're back this week with Damon Day from DamonDay.com, and we're talking more about debt. we got a lot to talk about this week. I think most of the, our conversation is going to center around the new Federal Trade Commission telemarketing sales rules and debt settlement. It's, it's a whole big thing opening up here, and we just need to talk about it. So, Damon, we've had this trend talking about lunch. I just, you know, the only thing I've had for to eat today. We're recording this show. It is 5 p.m. my time, and I'm on the East Coast. The only thing I've had to eat today are three Krispy Kreme donuts, and uh, I had the last four tiny slices of turkey on a sandwich just a while ago. So that that's all I've had. So whatever you've had for lunch, I'm sure you put mine to shame today. Um, leftover Chinese food? It definitely puts mine to shame. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was, it was very good too. It was, um, Mongolian beef, which was my favorite. Oh, so wow. just popped that in the microwave for one minute, little rice. And I mowed that about five minutes ago. You know, there's that whole problem of leftover rice from a Chinese restaurant because you can try to nuke it, but then it gets hard. And then there's that whole thing. You, you can take a paper towel and wet it and put it over the plate and nuke it and, do all that but you know chinese food itself does really well left over the rice just always seems to disappoint me well yeah i mean anytime you have anything left over it's not going to be as good but i i don't put as much thought into it i think as you do i just it's in front of me i'm hungry i ate it Mm, food (laughs) that's pretty much it back to work all right so let's talk we i don't think we've done a show since the new uh, the, the Federal Trade Commission announced the new telemarketing sales rules 
Um, maybe we did one afterwards. I'm not quite clear no. right now. It's no, just... we didn't. There, there was just so much BS that was coming out. Um, after that, we've just both been really busy dealing with it, but it's actually been very comical. So the, the telemarketing sales rules are intended to protect consumers from debt settlement and debt relief companies who are charging advance fees for services, not delivering on those services. What's interesting is the telemarketing sales rules don't outlaw debt settlement. Uh, and they also don't control how much a debt settlement company can charge. The fee is not specified, nor is it limited. But yet, debt settlement companies are going apeshit all across this country, running towards uh, the attorney model as the perception that that's going to help them avoid the telemarketing sales rules, which, uh, on one hand, I think that they're right. Uh, so it's, it's while there's this, all this palaver, a word that I love to use, um, there's really not going to be a whole lot of change, I don't think, in debt settlement. Fees are still going to be charged, this time with the attorney model as the front end. What do you think? Well, yeah, to, to a certain extent, I think you're right um, from the attorney model. Not, not that it's going to be legal for them to continue doing it, but just that you've got all these companies that have been in denial for so long because nobody's really been telling them the truth so, you know nobody meaning their trade associations um telling them that you know this change is definitely going to happen and now they're sitting there looking at you know uh, within two and a half months they have to go from this model where they've been able to collect a majority or all of their fees um you know over the first eight you know 12 to 24 months of a you know client uh, a new client enrollment to where now they actually have to wait and can't charge any fees um, until they actually start generating settlements, which, um, depending on the client circumstance, could be you know a year a year out, and these guys don't know how to make that switch, and in many cases it won't be possible for them to make that switch depending on um, what kind of cash reserve they have and what kind of um, you know liability and legacy costs they've already. Um, brought on themselves just based on how many clients they currently have that have already paid all of their fees and are going to be needing services down the road. So what's happening is a lot of these guys are grasping at straws, and this you know you know front an attorney kind of seems to be their only solution, even though the law specific the new FTC law specifically addresses that, um, and you can kind of expound upon that a little bit as well. But I think these guys are kind of they're going on the the, the 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 um the presumption that it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission <laughs> and and well, I, I think, think I think they're actually going on the presumption it's better to ask for an appeal <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I mean basically these guys are out of options because they've been ignoring the reality of this so long I mean you and I have been bitching about it for a long time but you know they just dismiss us as we don't know what we're talking about but they've been ignoring this reality and not and most of these guys anyway but not making the changes necessary to prepare for this and they're just going to be unable to stay in business and um so they have a choice of close the doors or you know la latch onto this attorney type model and hope and pray to at least give them enough longevity to milk more money from their clients until they eventually have to go out of business you know it's funny you mentioned that the uh uh, debt settlement companies and the, the debt trade associations don't really like us for all the stuff we've been saying. Uh, one company today 
commented that when I asked them a question about their policies, they said that they uh, would rather not answer the question because they don't want to associate with my site. Like, what kind of answer is that? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and it comes down to, like, again, it comes down to these guys don't know what to do. And so they just they want to stay out of the news. They want to they they don't want any light shining on what they're going to be doing right now, because they figure if you know if, if they're not allowed to charge upfront fees based on this new rule, well at least if they say well we're an attorney model, then in there they can kind of try to justify it themselves by convincing themselves that they're exempt from that, and that kind of gives them. Albeit a lame excuse, but an excuse when they do eventually get caught, they're going to try to fall back onto that. Whereas, what would they say if they didn't switch to an attorney model? All the only thing they'd have is you know claiming ignorance of the fact that the law even exists. Which you know I don't know how you could do that. I mean, there's been so much coverage over this new law just in the last two weeks that anybody on the internet types in debt settlement must you know probably knows that there's some new law. Might not know what it is, but knows something happened. Yeah, and you know when we're talking about the attorney model, what I'm talking about are uh, groups that are aligning themselves with attorneys as the front end who are saying the services we provide are actually provided by an attorney and so would not come under the telemarketing sales rules uh, because it's exempt in some way or another. Now, the telemarketing sales rules do say that there's kind of a broad exemption for attorneys that provide face-to-face business or don't act uh, over the phone, no telemarketing involved, or, or don't do anything interstate. So if you're representing somebody you know, from down the street and they're coming into your office, uh, the telemarketing sales rules wouldn't apply to you. So this allegation <clears throat> or this assumption by many debt settlement companies and attorneys, actually, that they're going to be able to get around these rules, okay, let's just say that they could. But the problem in the debt settlement industry has not been a lack of compliance with rules. It has been, as the FTC determined, deception and fraud. So the only thing that's happening here are attorneys are running to front organizations that have already been labeled as deceptive and fraudulent. There's nothing good that's going to come here. Well, exactly. I mean, and the thing that always kind of cracks me up is you know i see these guys you know bitching and moaning and you know crying in their soup about this law is unfair and it's going to put them all out of business but the reality is the the reason that the ftc you know had to step up and do something was because there's no denying that people are getting ripped off and um by a large number much more people are getting ripped off than are getting helped and you know the law maybe you would look at it as not fair or fair but they really had no choice because nobody else was in, in the industry, specifically talking about Task and Usoba now, who were in position to do something, were stepping up and actually self-regulating the industry because they were participating you know, in the plunder, if you will. So there really was no choice but to come down on the industry as, you know, with, with an actual just flat-out ban on these kind of fees because the FTC knows that most of these guys will end up going out of business. So these guys that try to just hide them behind an attorney but then continue the same practice. Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. They're, they're not resolving the problem. They're just trying to figure out a loophole to allow them to continue ripping off consumers, which is exactly what a front-loaded fee model does. There's no way anyone can justify 
how a front-loaded fee model is beneficial to either consumers or creditors. Let me give you an example. Uh, Somebody wrote into my site today and uh, getoutofdebt.org, a blatant plug for my site, uh, and asked, they they said, I've been in this uh, debt settlement program with an attorney for the last four months, and I've decided it's not right for me, and I've canceled my program, but the uh, attorney has informed me that even though I've canceled, I still need to pay the rest of my fees. Well, yeah. I mean, exactly. Now, in in that situation, um, of course, the contracts are, are typically written so that um, you know they do have a little bit of a loophole. But as a practical matter, I've never seen a debt settlement. Well, I did one occasion. It looked like somebody was trying to go after the consumer, but I think that kind of petered out and went away. But just from a PR perspective, I seriously doubt a debt settlement company, um, if a client drops out of the program, that a debt settlement company is going to have enough, I don't know, cojones, if you will, <laughs> to actually go after a client for unpaid fees when they're already maybe c- c- maybe keeping several hundred or seven thousand dollars or several thousand dollars that a client has already paid and not I received. Know. I don't the know. Promise I, I, I think. I think because uh, uh, last week I looked at another program where when the person signed up for this attorney-based debt settlement program, the attorney fees were actually lent to the consumer in a 0% interest rate loan, and that just created a separate credit obligation that the consumer would have to pay. Well, yeah, that's a that's a new thing that I haven't seen until you know you mentioned it the other day. Now, as, as, as kind of floored as I was, I wasn't surprised. Because, you know, these guys, they're, you know, again, there's no benefit for that for the consumer because this attorney was not really doing anything different than any other debt settlement company was doing. No. I mean, they're not really loaning you the money for the fees because they could easily just not charge the fees until they actually did the work. And then there would be no need for the stupid loan in the first place. Right. But by creating this loan, like you mentioned, by doing it this way, they're further... Um, emphasizing the fact or giving them ground, so to speak, to do as what you're suggesting, If the, lock the client in. So even if they don't provide the service and the client wants to drop out, it says, well, fine, you can drop out, but we loaned you these fees that we haven't charged you yet. So therefore, the date you signed the contract, you became liable for this new loan for whatever, $10,000 right. in fees. Right. So whether you're in the program or not, you have to pay. Now, that what you're talking about, that's a little different story. If you're signing a new loan obligation, which in my opinion, is complete fraud, and I border on you know criminal, but uh, you know I'm not an attorney, so what do I know? Well, uh, the attorney models, there was one last week that was promoted to one of the trade association members as, you know, you need to get behind this guy. Um, he's going to be the front for attorney debt settlement, and in fact, when you sign up under him, fees will be charged immediately after the consumer enrolls, and... He can even uh, probably hire you back to service the account so you'll make even more money. And the more I looked into it, so this is promoted by uh, a member, not the trade association, but a member of the trade association to a big mailing list. And the Mm -hmm. more I looked into this guy, this attorney, he's a 28-year-old kid who uh, up until recently has been on the Professional Bowlers Association, who (laughs) just started his own law practice out of his apartment... And his 
his uh, address on his website, the name he has on his website, is not even his registered business name. You know, and, and this is the kind of people that we want to entrust consumers' money to and do the right thing? Well, you know, and, and it comes down to what I've been saying for a long time. You, you, you can't regulate moral character. You just can't. And, you know, the FTC can pass all the laws they want, but that's not going to... If somebody's not in business to focus on helping people out of a situation, if their main focus is profit, 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 regardless of what happens to a consumer, you could pass all the laws you want, and they're, they're just going to find different ways around it or go to a completely different industry. So that's what we're seeing right now is all these – because you can run a debt settlement company, albeit it is difficult. I'm gonna, I'll definitely admit it would be difficult um, with the total advanced fee ban. It's not, it's not impossible, but it's definitely difficult to run a business where you cannot charge a dime from a client for you know six months to a year. It, it would definitely be difficult. But the alternative, though, letting these guys run roughshod over consumers and charge outrageous amounts of money all up front, knowing that your success ratio is only 10% at best, um, you know, the, uh, I, I think the FTC made the right call. It's going to make it harder on legitimate businesses, but at the same time, it will make it easier on legitimate businesses because most of these guys that are just out there scamming consumers any way they can are going to eventually be out of the business. I think they're going to grasp at this attorney thing for a while. What will happen is the FTC will take some of these big attorney models and go after them pretty hard, I think, mm-hmm. um, right I after agree. this law goes into effect. And you know, hang them out there on a stake to make examples out of them to say, look, we said you know, this – you can interpret this law however you want, but this is how – we are going to interpret this, and here this is how we are going to enforce this law. Mm-hmm. So they'll hang a couple people out there as examples, and then at that point, I think most of these guys will just bail, and they'll go on to selling something else that they can, you know, separate consumers from their money, and they'll get out of the industry. And then it would, it, it'd kind of be more a lot more like credit counseling eventually, where, um, you know, you you don't have thousands and thousands of players. You've got, you know, maybe I don't know a couple of dozen, you know pretty good or really good um, operations that are you know compliant yes. and are doing things for the in the best interest of consumers because it would almost be impossible uh, you know not to do so because if you were just you know if you weren't doing a good job for people you wouldn't be getting paid so I, I think it's going to take a you know 12 18 months for most of the stuff to clear out which is why it's very important for consumers to be very vigilant about you know who you're hiring to help you at this time because they may not be around very long. Well, and, I think- and the reason that they might not be around, you touched on this earlier, but for a consumer that enrolled, say, two years ago, and they've already paid all of their fees into the program, and they're just saving up money now, and they're settling maybe one debt, they're still looking forward to settling more debts. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the debt settlement company could be in perfectly fine financial shape today and have no worries if the debt settlement company had taken the fees and placed those fees into an escrow account and only drew upon those fees as they earned them. Mm-hmm. If, if they did that, there would be big <clears throat> reserves uh, to tide these companies over while they switched to this no advance fee model. And the reality is anybody that had an upfront fee model did not do that. And the reason they didn't now there are a few very small number of companies that do a you know performance based fee um, where you know you know they're not spending all your money because you don't pay them until they actually do the service and those companies for the most part will be fine 
um, you know, most of them, because or at least they have the best opportunity to survive because they don't have these legacy costs. But if somebody was actually going to be, uh, you know, disciplined enough to take the fees and say, okay, well, we don't really, you know, it's going to take four years to really earn this fee. So we're going to take half of this money and set it aside in some social security trust fund, right? <laughs> And, and not touch it until, you know, that client is, is in need of those services. Well, the reality would be then there would have been no reason for them to charge that money up front in the first place because uh, there's no, no argument that charging more fees up front makes it so the consumer takes longer to raise the funds to settle the debt. I mean, that's just straight math. You, you, the more money you pay in fees up front, the less money you have for settlements. So if a, if a, if a company was just going to bank that money anyway – then there would be no reason to not allow that client to use that money for settlements, which would get them out of the debt faster and get the client, you know, give them a much more uh, higher likelihood of success. So the fact that they did take the money, by definition, in my opinion, means they spent it or otherwise they wouldn't have taken it. Right. Well, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's definitely gone. It's it's gone into the coffers of Task and Usoba for all this great representation They've been given these debt settlement companies. That's what they're paying for. Now, you made a, a really good um, statement in your blog recently on DamonDay.com uh, about debt settlement companies that continue to be members of these trade groups essentially uh, are spending money to continue an anti-consumer um, uh, method of operation that they're paying mm-hmm. large monthly fees in dues to trade associations to fight against the FTC instead of embracing change, which has already been labeled as something that is pro-consumer and reasonable. Well, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm working on another um, article now where I'm basically going to call for consumers to simply boycott um, any any settlement company that's a member of Task and Usoba, and I'll lay out all the specific reasons why. But I, I, it's time for debt settlement companies to choose, and I, and I've been talking about this for quite a while. And you know, you you can read my blog and see <laughs> what my feelings are about Task and Usoba and what they really do. And, and most of that stems from the fact that you know, if you look at them from from a, the standpoint of well, they're just a a debt settlement association. Well, then I don't really have any problem with them because they're doing what they're, you know, what, what they're being paid to do is, which is to, you know, argue and fight for the benefit of debt settlement companies, which is clearly what they do. But now I certainly have disagreements even with that one. <laughs> I, I don't think they're doing a very good job about that either, but that's a different story. But where I have a problem is when these guys go up there and they, they mislead the public. And in my opinion, they're, they're the ones that are the most guilty of, of false and deceptive advertising. Where they're going out and their, you know, their representatives or member companies are telling the public that oh, we're members of Task or we're members of Usoba, and they're the self-regulators of the industry, and they keep everybody honest, so you know we're a good company because they give us the thumbs up. When in reality, they have nothing to do with protecting consumers. And up until a few months ago, it was just me, you know, and a couple other guys, you know, making observations and saying, look, I don't think they do a very good job. But now they're out in the open. Yeah. And now they're just. Openly, I think what John Ansbach uh, called this 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 uh, upfront fee ban, um, what a tragedy! Oh, yeah, <laughs> something consumers. like a tragedy for consumers or something. It's, it's like it's a tragedy that people can't get ripped off anymore, or it's very difficult for consumers to get ripped off. I mean, he's calling that a tragedy. So 
you obviously have to question, you know, where the actual loyalties are. I mean, I so so when you, when you look at what these organizations do and the fact that a lot of these debt settlement companies use their membership in Task and Usoba to mislead consumers and make them kind of feel more comfortable or let their guard down or lie to them, in, in, well, in my opinion, it's a lie, and say that, oh, look, we're part of this great pro-consumer group. Um, you know, that's really where I draw the line, and I think it's, it's really harmful and deceptive to consumers. So, yeah, I'm basically going to be calling for a boycott of any Task and Usoba member companies because the way Task and Usoba operates is through membership dues. Right. So and they're not cheap. No, they're not. Some companies are paying as high for task. I think the highest is $10,000 a month. The last I checked, it ranges like a dollar per client. So you pay task a dollar per month for every client that you have or something in that range unless they've changed that. But they use that money to then go out and do what they're doing, which is to you know lobby against all of these changes. And they're really not for any meaningful changes at all. No. And they won't even acknowledge that there's this problem with this upfront fee ban. In fact, even up until today, still, they're still arguing that the upfront fee ban is necessary to to be to to protect consumers. I mean, that's the, the ridiculous <laughs> argument they're trying to make that that somehow charging people all this money. In, I mean, they're making stuff up as they go. They're throwing stuff against the wall. And they say, does he buy it? Does he buy it? Does he buy it? No, he didn't buy it. Okay, let's make something else up. Well, that was oh, like well, the argument a- that um, abandoning advance fees would create worse settlements for consumers because creditors would think that they had the upper hand on the debt settlement company. Well, it doesn't yeah, even make sense. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's brilliant in its stupidity, you know. And, and But the thing is, though, these guys know that, you know, consumers – aren't, you know, aren't, thankfully, they're not involved in this kind of stuff like we are. You know, you and I can see that and know right off the bat, it's total BS, but consumers, they're, you know, they have jobs, they're just trying to, you know, put food on the table, they've got their families, they've got their lives, they've got all this stuff going on, they don't spend hours and hours a day researching this stuff, and these trade organizations know that, so they know they can package up a whole bunch of BS and kind of make it sound a little plausible and serve it out there on the American public and they know a lot of people would read that and say, oh, that kind of makes sense. Because on the surface, it kind of does make sense. But if you spend some time understanding who these guys are and what they do, you'll realize that is it more likely that they need the upfront fees because of some mythical power shift that might potentially happen? Or is it more likely that they – Usoba itself stated that 85% of their members are going to go out of business right. if this upfront fee ban passed. Yeah, right? so they admitted that they're undercapitalized. Exactly. So is it more likely they're, they're just worried about consumers because of this upfront fee ban? Or are they worried that 85% of their member companies are now going to go out of business, which means 85% of their revenue is going to stop? Right. And probably the other 15% is also going to stop because they're going to realize, hey, Usoba's not doing anything for me here. You know, 85% of their companies went out of business. Because they listened to Usoba, because Usoba was out there championing, championing. I can't even say that championing this up, this 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 front-loaded fee structure. What they should have done, and, and if these companies want to point their finger at the FTC and get mad at the FTC. Well, you know, look in the mirror for a second, take a step back, and really understand why the FTC did what it did. The reality is, Task and Usoba should have known this was going to come for a long time. They've been getting plenty of warning. For years, yep. that Could something have was going to happen. If they didn't do anything, 
and they sat on their hands, sat on their hands because they were participating in this fleecing of consumers. They were making money hand over fist by protecting this little this little scheme that all these member companies had going on. But the reality is, if a year ago or two years ago, maybe, if Task and Yusobo would have said, "Okay, guys, you know, enough's enough. The party party's over. The 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 you know the every, the what is it? The you know the data's in." We can clearly see that, or in, the uh, lack of, or in their case, the lack of data is in. Yeah, the lack of data is in. <laughs> that, that there's no plausible way that this this current fee structure is in any way beneficial to consumers, and we're really in business to help people. Which, which of course, they're not. But if they were, let's let's pretend that they really wanted to help people, and they would take some time and look at this and say, okay, um, you know, even according to Task, what do they say their 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 success ratio for their members is? What thirty four percent is their success ratio? Yeah, I think so. I think that w- they say that when they settle at least one debt. Well, yeah, well, that's the difference. The, the Government Accountability Office said it's more like 10%, but the difference is, you know, Task decided to change the definition of success so that they can inflate their numbers all the way up to 34% <laughs> success from, you know, the, the, the 10%. But yeah, so any member that settled at least one debt. But what that means is 66% of paying clients never settled a dang thing, right? right. So that's the even the more telling stat. So so they knew they knew that this was not good for consumers. They what they should have done is taken a step back and said, okay, why do we have a ninety percent failure rate among our members? Something clearly is wrong, and you know what they they attributed that to member error or, or client error. Well, it's your fault. You didn't save the money. Everything's the client's fault, the consumer's fault. But what they should have done is said, okay, this isn't going to work. We're the you know between Usoba and Task. We are the two largest trade yeah. associations, or the only basically trade associations in um, in debt settlement. We claim membership of around four hundred plus members, and most of the largest companies. So we can we can we have this power to affect change. And what we can do is we can say, okay, new rules um, here forward. If you want to be a member of Task and Usoba and show consumers you're doing the right thing and have our badge and be all great and consumer oriented. We have to adjust this fee structure. We're no longer going to endorse this front-loaded fee structure. How about you can charge a reasonable retainer, and then you charge a bulk of your fee based on performance? Right. All the companies could have easily slowly made that transition, Yep. stayed in business, and not really, in my opinion, I think if that would have really happened, then you have you know three or 400 companies that are really pro-consumer. They're charging a fee based on performance, and Task has the money and the clout and the, the public awareness between Task and Usoba to get out there and basically lead that charge and say, don't do business with a company that front loads their fees and here's why that's bad and here's why you need to do business with our members only. Right. They easily could have done that and led this. Instead, they chose to resist it. And now they're in a situation where they can't fix it and they force the FTC to come in and say, okay, if you guys aren't going to do it, we're going to do it, but we're not going to be cute about it. We're just going to com- make a complete ban. That way it's very easy to catch people that aren't compliant. And that's what happened. You know, there was one company in particular, uh, Morgan Drexen, who uh, the FTC says in their final report objected to almost every proposal that they had. And yet last Friday, Morgan Drexen sends out a press release saying, we totally embrace and endorse (laughs) the Federal Trade Commission and we applaud the new rules. A total flip-flop. Yeah, they're... Go ahead. It seems like it's a total misdirection. Because when I asked Morgan Drexen directly if there 
embracing the new rules meant that they would not charge consumers before a settlement agreement was reached with a creditor, they could not answer that question for me. Well, and, and, and of course it's a flip-flop, but here's the, here's the reality again. Unless consumers are you know, reading your website or reading my website, they're not immersed in this stuff. So Morgan Drexen can say whatever the heck they want three months ago right. when they thought maybe they were going to continue this. Now that they realize the tide has shifted and this law has passed, well, they still need to get more business. So what do you do? They flip-flop. They jump in front of this. And, oh, we embrace this, this, and this. I've seen a couple of you know, companies do that. I won't mention any specific names, but you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know, where as soon as it flipped, they jumped right out on the bandwagon and said, oh, we're the first this or we're the first that. And we, we embrace these great rules. And I'm thinking, well, if you embrace this and you think this is the greatest thing as you purport in your press release – how come you weren't doing it the day before this rule came into effect? If you thought this was great for consumers and you're such a, a champion of consumers, how come it, it, you waited until they actually passed a law forcing you to do it and then you jump out and say, we're so great, look at how great we are, we're going to comply with the law even though up until then we've been you know, charging people a lot more money? But, but they know that most consumers aren't going to look back in time or even know what the companies were doing a couple of months ago. So they can just put a new face on and say, oh, we're champions for consumers. We're going to comply with this. And, and they know they can get a lot of um, you know, press out of it, and they're going to roll with it. That's just how it works. The debt settlement company employees who have been coming onto my site and have been posting comments uh, are upset, obviously, because they feel like they're going to be losing their jobs. And they yeah. blame the entire situation on the Federal Trade Commission for putting these rules in place and killing the industry, and they cannot see, you know, on one hand I understand, but they cannot see that while their company, their individual company, might have been doing a good job for consumers, the industry at large had such problematic practices that it harms more consumers than it saves by letting the the industry go as it was or attempt to self-regulate. It's very unfortunate that some companies are going to be potentially put out of business because of this new rule. But if some companies are put out of business but more consumers are saved, isn't that ultimately a win? Well, yeah. And, you know, I, I really feel bad for most of these sales guys. I really do because I, I, I think most of these guys are victims just as much as consumers are victims. Um, that there are some guys out there that are, you know, sales guys that know what's going on and they're ripping people off and there's really no excuse for that. But, but I think for the most part, most of these guys, they're, you know, they're just trying to earn a living. Maybe they're sales guys. It's a bad economy. I mean, there's a lot of people out there just looking for a job, trying to make money any way they can. And they answer these, these ads about help people get out of debt and, and make money And it. You know, great. I can help. So I think a lot of these people, these sales guys are out there really believing that they're helping people. And, and, and they don't really have the, the resources to know any different because they, they don't have a financial background typically. And all they know is what their, their floor manager or their boss or whoever's running the company has told them. This is how great we are. We're helping all these people. And they don't understand the inner workings of settlement and how it works. And all they see is, well, look, on the surface, this plan could work. If somebody pays $500 a month and in a perfect world, they never get sued and, okay, I see some settlement letters that show, so I know my company is settling some debt, right? Because I can see these letters that, you know, they, they've settled debt. And, you know, my response to that is always, well, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, you know? <laughs> so, it, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to settle a couple of debts. You can basically do that by just not talking to your creditors for five months. And some of them will accidentally happen. That's all it really takes on, on some of these debts. 
But but so these guys really do fully believe that they're out there helping people and it's such a shock to their system and they look at you and I as the enemy or you know Steve's the reason the industry went down because <laughs> because he told regulators what was going on so it's easy to kind of point the blame at you or point the blame at the FTC but again it all goes back to it's easier to be angry at you know the FTC or or, or, or you or me but the reality is that you know, I had a client or a, a, a debt settlement guy, you know, come on my site last week and said the same thing. And his his, his response was, you know, I'm going to be out of a job, and so that's going to hurt the economy and all this stuff. And he said, I've had customers come to me and thank me for for this help that we gave him. We got him out of debt. And my response to that was, well, just because you know a couple of clients came to you and, and thank you for getting him out of the debt, how many more people were not helped that came to you either upset or never came back at all? Right. And saying, well, look, we're a good company because we have helped some people is just like saying, you know what? Bernie Madoff was a great guy. He made a lot of people very rich. Right. Because he did. He made a lot of people rich. But he made hundreds of times more people lose their entire life savings. So you can't argue that Bernie Madoff was a good guy because he made a few people rich. Just like you can't argue that a debt settlement company is doing a good job because 10% of the people that paid their fees actually got out of debt. When you look at debt relief, when consumers are trying to figure out a way to get out of their situation that they're in, they really are kind of stuck with trying to figure it out piecemeal. That there's, you know, like debt settlement industry historically has been about one solution, debt settlement. And they've mm -hmm. typically bashed bankruptcy and bashed credit counseling. And interestingly enough, I just saw an ad today that was sent out that said, debt settlement companies, you now need to get into tax settlement to help people settle their tax debts. Um, it's the sale of a product. It's mm -hmm. not what somebody like you or, or myself does, which is to look at the situation, to figure out what the goals are, and to select the right arrow out of the quiver to get to the destination. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about you can't regulate moral character. And I, I, I don't know if I wrote a blog, uh, an article about this or I, I was telling people a lot. Yeah, you this, did. But it was called Don't Be a Dick. <laughs> no, and I'm talking about the, the tax stuff specifically because what's happening is, okay, they're not going to change their behavior. They're still looking for the big score, right? You can, you can sell somebody something and make the big score. That's all this is about for most of these guys. It's not about helping them. It's about, can I sell them this product and make a whole bunch of money? Can I convince them to do it? So now you've got this regulation coming down in the settlement business. So you see this stuff like, hey, you got to get into tax settlement. Why is that? Because most of these guys, these guys you see on TV, I'm not going to mention names, but you know, you've seen the commercials. You know, anybody listening to this has seen the commercials for these tax guys. And most of those guys operate the exact same way is these debt settlement companies do you call them up and they've got this plan for you oh we're gonna you know they make up some number that they're gonna you know do an offer and compromise with the irs and then they charge you all or most of the fees up front knowing full well that there's no guarantee that they can even do anything they won't even know until they get in there mm -hmm. and there's no ban on upfront fees in tax settlement right, right. so you got this call center you're selling debt settlement october 27th you can't sell debt settlement anymore because you can't get paid for a year okay great well Let's bring in some new guys. We'll do some training, and we'll train them how to sell tax relief, and then we'll start buying ads for tax relief. We got our guys. We got the phone systems. So we'll do a quick meeting. We'll run it down on how you know we sell tax settlement. And now the next week, the same phone bank that was out there that was supposedly an expert in debt settlement is now supposedly an expert in tax settlement, 
And now when you're calling these numbers on TV commercials and the internet and things like that, you're just talking to the same guy that was selling debt settlement last month. Now he's selling tax settlement. Or auto loan modif- modification. That's another one. Or, or, or just, But right to your point, it's just about selling a product, which was what your point was. They don't really care what they're selling. They just want to sell something, which is very different from when a, a consumer talks to you or a consumer t- talks to me. In fact, mo- most of the consumers that I talk to, they, they come to me you know, through settlement because they are researching settlement because settlement is everywhere right now. And a lot of consumers never even heard about settlement until they get online and they go, oh, my gosh, I'm in debt. I need help. And settlement is everywhere. Right. And the reason it's everywhere is because there's currently, anyway, for the next few months, there's big money selling settlement. And that's why everybody's putting all the money out there. Now, that'll, that'll wane. But when I talk to consumers, more often than not, that come to me even thinking, Damon, I need set. This is the most common question I get. I really want to settle my debt. I want you to recommend me a company that I can use that's honest and trustworthy that I can settle my debt. And then they're very surprised when I say, okay, well, let's shelve that right now and let's talk about your situation. And usually on that first phone call, I don't even get into the specific companies, this company or that company, because that really doesn't matter. What first matters is figuring out what's going on in your financial life. You know, What are you trying to accomplish? What are you dealing with here? Have you looked at this option? Have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? And more often than not, you'd be surprised. Most of the time, clients don't need a multi to, to, to buy a, or enroll into a program that costs thousands and thousands of dollars to resolve their situation. Sometimes it could be beneficial to, to get into a specific program, but many times, based on what they're really trying to do and what the options are, they don't need to do that. And that's the dirty little secret in the debt help business. And that's what you know, these sales guys don't want you to know. Because if you call them, they're not going to tell you anything else other than why their sales product mm-hmm. is your best solution. That's, what, that's why you're getting a free consultation. You're not really getting any valuable information. Otherwise, they'd charge you for it. Well, have you, have you made undercover calls to debt settlement companies? I have made a few. You've made a lot more than I have. Yeah. But. but in the few that you made, have, have you ever called a debt settlement company where you were not pitched that debt settlement is the appropriate solution for you? Oh, no way. It, it doesn't happen. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are a very small number of guys, and I know some of them, that are honest, that even though they are a debt settlement company, um, and, and I say when I say very small, I'm probably talking like I can count them on one hand. You know, There are a very small number of good guys out there that do have debt settlement programs that will tell you the truth. Even if it means they're not going to make a dollar, they will tell you, look, this is not right for you. You need bankruptcy or you need this. And I, and I know them and I know they would, you know, and I know they will tell clients that 100% of the time regardless. But the reality is out of the thousands of programs that are out there and there's a ha- small handful of people that will tell you the truth. And, and also the ones that will tell you the truth are also not out there advertising everywhere. You're not going to f- really find them on right, your own unless right. you get lucky. The ones that you find on your own are typically the ones that are going to tell you what you need to hear to buy their program because they're spending all that money advertising, so you're a lead. So when you call in, their job is to convert you into a sale, not tell you what you should do if it doesn't jive with what they're selling. Now, I don't know if you saw it, but last week, the end of last week, I posted an article about debt settlement on eBay. And there was actually this eBay listing that for $0.99... Cents, you could uh, purchase their $4,000 program. Yeah, I did see that. (laughs) (laughs) And it would eliminate 80% of your debt within a few weeks and remove all the items from your credit report. You know, the unfortunate reality is 
people can say anything they want and get away with it for a long time and, and sometimes forever. And and people really have a false sense of security when it comes to, you know, you know, the FTC and some of these other regulatory agencies. These guys cannot they're, they're usually not preventative agencies. You know, they, they can they can do things after the fact. Correct. But but it's just so easy to tell consumers anything that you know they want to hear and collect money from them and get away with it for a long, long time. And, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. I mean, you can put out an ad and say whatever you want and make a whole bunch of money and maybe never even get caught. And consumers need to be just very vigilant and, you know, just understand what the profit motivation is. If you're getting a free consultation, you know, my, my father used to always tell me, you typically get what you pay for and there's no free lunch. And I'm not saying all free consultations are bad. But what I am saying, if somebody is willing to spend an hour of their time with you for free, they have to put bread on the table too. Right. So if they're willing to do it for free, there's somewhere else that they're going to have to get paid. And that usually involves selling you something. And that may or may not be a bad thing, but if the thing they sell is not what you need and they spend an hour with you, that's definitely going to be a bad thing because if they spend an hour with you, they're going to need to justify that hour to their boss. And if they don't, they're going to get fired. You know, the, the, another th- similar thing that has come out recently is the Government Accounting Office released a report about for-profit college marketing in which they found that the admissions officers or admission people at these for-profit colleges were actually commissioned salespeople who were trying to get students to sign up for student loans whether or not they were appropriate for them. Mm-hmm. And the GAO has a uh, great little hidden undercover video out uh, where these uh, admission salespeople are saying the most incredible things to convince somebody to sign on the dotted line and obligate themselves for tens of thousands of dollars on, in loans based on dubious statements. I mean, it's just misrepresent- misrepresentation and fraud. Now, what I find, uh, I understand why, but I find it uh, unfortunate that you can take a group of people and show them this uh, misrepresentation for for-profit college marketing, and they would say that's absolutely horrible. And then you can show them the misrepresentation and fraud that's happening in debt settlement. And if they're inside the industry, they would say, "Well, what's wrong with that?" Well, yeah, because they all live in their own little bubbles. And and you know, most like I said, most of these guys, I don't feel are purposely out there. Even even owners of a lot of these companies that don't have the financial, you know, there's there's a lot of debt settlement companies out there that nobody in the entire organization has any kind of background in finance. They're sales organization. And they've convinced themselves that this is really a good thing. And, and, and a lot of them legitimately believe that if somebody fails, it's the consumer's fault if they because they missed their payment. And what they refuse to allow themselves to believe is that their sales guy that has no training in finance enrolled them into a program that set the consumer up for failure because that settlement has nothing to do with low monthly payments but a lot of these guys have convinced themselves that they're really doing a good service, and if it's unsuccessful, it's the consumer's fault. So some of them are out there, and they're 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 full of BS, and they know it. But a lot of guys are out there that are full of BS, and they don't know it. And in my opinion, that even makes them more dangerous. And a company that you definitely don't want to be involved with if they don't even have an understanding. So when I get these guys that come on my blog and try to make these arguments about you know front-loaded fees are good or whatever they're trying to do. No, no matter whether they understand what they're saying is wrong or they don't understand it, either way is horrible news for consumers because if they don't understand it, they definitely shouldn't be out there helping people. 
in a, in a, an article that I posted today, the state of Michigan went after um, 19 foreclosure rescue companies. And mm-hmm. my favorite one out of this list is it talks about this guy from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who worked for a company called LCN Mortgage that was char- charged with false pretenses in uh, selling foreclosure rescue services. However, this particular salesperson currently is incarcerated in the county jail because he happens to be a sex offender who was caught coaching a football camp. Oh, great. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, it's, it's a scary world out there for consumers that are in debt. And, and the unfortunate reality, there is no shortage of people that are willing to separate consumers from their money. There's, there's just no shortage of them. And in the debt help industry... The, the 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 a scam in my opinion is more the rule right than the I exception agree. when when you're out there and you're a consumer and you're just looking for honest help it, you are much more likely to get scammed and and when i say scammed i don't just mean an outright scam where they take your money with no intention of doing anything cuz that's clearly a scam but i'm even yeah. talking about well, where they closer, take your money with the intention to, it's closer to a con because a con is based on some truth yeah, but what do you call it if the con man doesn't understand that it's a con? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because I think that's what happens a lot of times, too, uh, you know, is the con man doesn't even understand that he's conning you out of, his, of your money. So it could be a really good friend of yours. Mm-hmm. I see that happen all the time. I see debt settlement salesmen come to me all the time. Our company's the greatest thing ever. I put my mom in. I put yeah, my brother yeah, I see that in. Too. I put my cousin in. You know, I put everybody in because I believe in what we're doing. Well, just because you believe in what you're doing doesn't mean that was a good financial solution <laughs> for your mom, your brother, and your cousin. And that doesn't mean you, you know, were scamming them either. It means that you believe in something that might not be correct. Now, the flip side of that is attorney Richard Brennan in, in Maryland who uh, was disbarred and eventually jailed for contempt of court over his debt settlement activities. And in his particular case, uh, in a recent TV interview, he said that his family and his mother won't talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it kind of goes back to, like, network marketing, you know? And, I mean, I'm, I don't have anything against, you know, you know network marketing, but the reality, because I used to do that when I was younger, and, I made, you know, I made some good money. I was, I was actually really good at it. And... You know, I, I just eventually I got to a point where I felt that when, when somebody when somebody didn't succeed that I had enrolled in the program, mm-hmm. you know, with all the greatest intentions in the world to to help them build their dreams and create the income that they wanted, I would always take it very personally because I felt that it was my fault that they failed because if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have done it. Right. And and once that happened just too many times, I just you know this is just not for me because. It, I can't continue, even though I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and everything my upline's telling me and I'm making good money, you know, I, I early on, I, you know, almost lost a lot of friends and family that way. So even very early on, I, my rule was no, no friends and family ever, but just the way I am, even when it was complete strangers that would come in because I would get to know them. I'd learn about what's going on in their life and what's important to them. And then when they would fail, I would just take that so personally. I just said, look, Unless I have something that everybody can be successful at, I don't want to introduce them to it. Mm-hmm. And of course, that doesn't exist. So, right. so I, you know, I, I don't get into that stuff these days, um, just because I just feel like you know I don't want that burden because I can't make somebody be successful, but I can 
I can't help myself but feel guilty. So, you know, when 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 you're looking at all this kind of stuff, even, you know, your, your friends and, you know, the, the, the rule is, and the best advice I could give consumers is if you're listening to somebody give you advice on helping you out with debt, it's probably not good. I, I mean, I, I, I feel very cynical, but yeah, <laughs> the best advice mean. I can give is take everything with a grain of salt. Get as much information as you can. There's almost never an emergency when it comes to this. No. Almost never an emergency. You always have time to let anybody pressure you and you got to do this now. You got to do this now. You got to do this now. You, know, you take your time and get advice and opinions from several different people. And then if that, those advice and, and those opinions are conflicting, then you even need to take a further step back and say, wait a minute, why are these conflicting? Who's telling me the truth? Who's not telling me the truth? And then you always focus on following the money. And that can usually give you, I can typically tell you what somebody's going to advise you to do. If I knew how they got paid, yeah. I wouldn't even have to listen to a presentation. Not all the time, but most of the time, I can say, tell me your situation. Okay, if you call this guy, here's his solution. And then you can call that guy, and his solution will be exactly what I told you to say. You know, the difference is that if you take like a credit counseling solution, uh, credit counselors are interested in enrolling you in their debt management plan because that's how they make money. But you mm-hmm. are less likely to be pitched a debt management plan when you call them because unless you can afford about the minimum payment, you're not going to be an appropriate person for that plan. Yeah. And generally, uh, you know, after they've uh, qualified you as not being appropriate, they may or may not mention bankruptcy. But when you call a debt settlement program, uh, you are always qualified because they're just making up whatever the payment is. Exactly, because there's no such thing as payments. And, and that, that even goes back to, to, to the other problem as well. Even with a credit counseling program, again, and this is not across the board all the time, but it's if you know they get paid by enrolling people in credit counseling programs. So if that salesperson that's on the phone and might have you know all the greatest intentions in the world, but they make money by selling credit counseling. So if they look at your budget real quick and they say, "Oh, this person doesn't qualify," do you think they're then likely to spend another half hour, forty five minutes explaining no. what you really should do and why? No. no, they don't get paid for that. In fact, they might even get fired if they spend all that time doing that. Once they've identified that you're not right for their program. They typically send you on your way, and they usually say, well, go talk to a bankruptcy attorney. And that's why consumers tend to run into debt settlement all of the time because they'll call a credit counseling program, and their cash flow is in you know, severe need of, of fixing, which is why they can't qualify for a credit counseling program because they don't have enough money to even make the minimum payments. If they did, they probably wouldn't have called in the first place. They keep making minimum payments until they run out of money, which in many cases is a mistake. So they call the credit counseling program. They say, oh, I'm sorry. You don't qualify um, go call a bankruptcy attorney, and then they and then they go call a bankruptcy attorney. And it, it, sometimes, a lot of times, they say, "Well, no, I'm against bankruptcy, no matter what." <laughs> and so they don't even research it, which is a big mistake as well, because it never hurts to get all the information. Exactly. Well, let's say they call the bankruptcy attorney, and not all the time, but in many cases, again, a bankruptcy attorney makes money when he files bankruptcy petitions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, the bankruptcy if the bankruptcy attorney can tend to assume that if you're coming into his door. He almost kind of assumes that you're planning on filing bankruptcy. So now he's looking at not should you file or not, but he almost might be looking at should you file Chapter 7 or Chapter 13. Right. And, and there are good bankruptcy attorneys out there that will tell you, no, don't file. I'm not saying all bankruptcy attorneys are bad. But again, they're not going to get paid for that. And they are doing a free consultation and taking their time. So they tend to look through that with a bankruptcy filter and see if you qualify, you might want to do it. But then so a consumer gets turned away from credit counseling. They don't like bankruptcy or they don't you know, really check it out. 
what's left? They get on the internet and they find debt settlement. And like you said, they qualify and they're like, Oh great. Thank God. You know, I qualified for this because I couldn't qualify for a chapter seven and I couldn't qualify for credit counseling. So therefore I'm so thankful. I found this great debt settlement plan with such a low payment and I could be done in four years. Isn't this great? And that's why they sign up and then they don't realize the damage that they're causing by signing up in most of these debt settlement programs. But they feel like that's their only option because nobody's really sat them down and explained what their options were. And like I said, in many cases, they don't need any of those programs. You know, there really aren't many, uh, except for people like you and me, there are not a whole lot of debt coaches, you know, people who will help explain all of the options. Well, you know, I'm sure there are you know, other ones, but you're right. There's not a huge amount of money um, in terms of helping people that don't have a lot of money. And, you know, I, I get a lot of clients because, you know, I, I charge a fee for my consultation. And I know that turns people off a lot of times because we've just been so conditioned to free consult, free consult, free consult, free consult. And the reality is that if, if I didn't charge for my consultations, I would have to sell you something. Right. I mean, I can't just sit there and work for free. My, you know, I got to feed my family as well. And like I said, most people don't need to have something sold to them to figure out their actual how to resolve their circumstances. But I know a lot of people don't schedule consultations with me because they think, oh my gosh, I'm in debt. Where am I going to get you know the money for the consultation? I'll just go talk to the guys that are doing it for free. Right. But the what they need to realize is you're going to pay for it one way or the other. And what I can tell clients is, you know, paying my fee to get good, solid advice is a lot less expensive than getting bad advice for free, which is what they typically get when they call these debt settlement companies and, and things of that nature, which the advice is slanted towards buying that product. So, um, but I know no matter what I do, there are going to always be people that say, look, if I have to pay for it, I'm not going to pay for it. And, you know, I, unfortunately, I just can't help everybody, but it's a lot cheaper to pay me to get the right information than it is to find out the hard way After that lost what you chose. To, exactly. So, and, and the other thing is, you know, I offer a 100% guarantee on my, on my time. So, you know, you're basically compensating me for my time to sit down and go over your entire situation and, and tell you what to do. In fact, I had a guy just before we did this call, he, he had uh, some credit card debt. And after we sat down in five or 10 minutes, I, I, I looked at his overall situation. The problem was that his mortgage was you know, 60% of his, of his net take-home pay. Yeah, that was the yeah. problem. It wasn't a relatively small credit card balance that he had given his income. It was a six-figure income. But he had called me because he thought he, he should do debt settlement on the credit card. And we barely even talked about debt settlement because once we went over everything else, he realized that you know he was half a million dollars upside down in that home. Yeah. And if... And if we could resolve that situation, I told him what we needed to do to resolve that situation. Everything else would take care of itself because he made really good money. He just couldn't afford a million-dollar home that was worth $500,000. Right. But if he had called a debt settlement company, the debt settlement company wouldn't even have asked about the house, first of all. And they would have said, oh, you have $20,000 in debt? Okay, I've got this great plan. You can pay $300 a month, and in four years, it'll all be over. How does that sound? Oh. <sighs> You know, it's in the meantime, never going to be the guys ending. get killed by this mortgage payment that's, you know, 60, 60, 65% of his take-home pay. And he couldn't float that. You know, what's amazing is that the new Federal Trade Commission telemarketing sales rules covering debt settlement, while I applaud them and they're very welcome, it doesn't 
change for the long run, it doesn't change the debt relief industry because there's always going to be some new program or promise to help you get out of debt. Yeah, and at the end of the day, common sense and good advice are usually the best because most of the time you don't need anything. Sometimes you just need to adjust a couple of things, um, and, and, and many times you shouldn't even be doing anything for a few months until you see if it's going to work. Right. Most of I my agree. clients that call me for debt settlement, I won't even refer them to a debt settlement program. They say, well, I, I just want you to tell me which one's good. And I say, no. Why won't you tell me which one you recommend? Because at this point in time, given your circumstances, we don't really, I don't really know for sure how likely, I don't think you're likely to be successful until you can prove to me that you can save this or you can do that. Given this, this, and this, you need to address that first. And mm-hmm. if I just refer you to a debt settlement program, you might go and sign up. And the reality is, if you don't have the financial circumstances to likely be successful with debt settlement, the best debt settlement program on the planet is not going to help you out right now. So right. we need to you know, just put the brakes on. And most of my clients are so surprised because they get off the call with me. And most of the time, my advice is, okay, here, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, but we're going to sit tight for a few months. And we're going to see how this stuff plays out first. Once we know how it plays out, then we're going to have a much better understanding of, of what's really going on and whether or not we should really look at bankruptcy. We should look at se- settlement where we can pull off a credit counseling program or we can get these interest rates down or whatever. But what are the chances that a credit counseling you know, salesperson or a debt settlement salesperson is going to say, okay, instead of buying my program now and paying me, I want you to wait for three months and then call me back. Right. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But most of the time, that's actually the best advice is to, before you spend a lot of money on anything, let's really make sure this is what you need. And most of the time, that just takes a month or two of letting things play out to see what's going to happen with the cash flow so we can determine what they should really do rather than jump right in. What you call a debt settlement company, it's sign up today, sign up today, sign up today, sign up today. That's what it is. Now, would it have made sense to pay a little bit of money and find out? No, don't sign up today. Save several thousand dollars in fees and then find out the real solution by just kind of letting things play out. Well, that would always be the better solution. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, again, why I charge for my consultations because most of the time, the right solution is not something I can make money on. I understand. So, so I don't have a choice. Either you pay me for my time or I, I can't work for free. So, Well, on that people, note, I have to tell you that we've run out of time. Oh, we're on a timer? We, we, I thought we, we just talk and talk and talk until we run out of stuff. <laughs> if we did that, we would never end the show. Well, I know. That's what's fun about it. <laughs> but I, I even came up with a new close for the show. Good, because I totally forgot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to do that. I was. And uh, my old one just wasn't cutting it because it always made you laugh. (laughs) Everything makes me laugh. So so here's my new one. All right. You've been listening to Steve Road and Damon Day, and we've been talking about that and helping you with that. And the words of wisdom for this week and every week are stay safe till next week. You've been listening to the Get Out of Debt podcast with Steve Road. If you'd like to avoid get-out-of-debt scams, learn how not to be a victim from debt relief offers, get free help for any debt problem, or if you have a question you want to ask, just visit getoutofdebt.org. And while you're on getoutofdebt.org, you can subscribe to the free daily feed for all the latest help and information.